You're listening to Purpose Inspired, a podcast series by myself, Wayne Visser. This season is based on a book called The Age of Responsibility, CSR 2.0 and the New DNA of Business. Part 3, The Principles of CSR 2.0 Chapter 7, The Principle of Creativity Case 6, Anurag Gupta and a Little World It is 2006 in the sailing village in India. A woman in her forties, let's call her Naroshni, wearing a beautiful purple sari, is standing in a short queue. Despite her elegance, Naroshni is, by virtually any definition, poor. She earns $912 a year. In her village, she is one of the fortunate few to have a steady job, sewing clothes. Even so, she has no property, no car, no official identity papers, no proof of address, and at least until today, the 6th of November, no bank account. She reaches the front of the queue, which is in the living room of her friend and neighbour, Indira. She is excited, but nervous, as she exchanges greetings and takes a seat at the simple desk. Indira smiles reassuringly, picks up a mobile phone, and asks Narashni to speak her name clearly into the receiver, thereby creating a voice imprint. Then she asks Narashni to look into the lens of the phone, and she takes a head-and-shoulders photograph. Next, Narashni is asked to place each of her fingers in turn on the glass lens of a small handheld device, which is a biometric scanner that records her fingerprints. Finally, as she does not read or write very well, Indira helps her to fill in a one-page form, attesting to her name and address, which Narashni has to sign. The whole process takes about ten minutes. Congratulations, says Indira. You have just opened your first bank account. Narashni shakes her head, incredulous. She doesn't know whether to laugh or cry, so she hugs Indira. Thank you, sister. Thank you. What just happened was the result of a six-year entrepreneurial journey by Anurag Gupta to create a viable method for banking and payments in the villages of India, a technology-enabled microbank that brings basic financial services to some of the country's remotest and poorest communities. This is no trivial challenge. According to the Governor of the Reserve Bank of India, only 40% of the Indian population have a bank account, only 10% have life insurance coverage, and less than 1% have non-life insurance. Furthermore, a mere 5.2% of Indian villages have a bank branch. Anurag Gupta, like Grameen Bank founder Muhammad Yunus, is not a banker. He qualified as an architect in the 1980s and started working in the remote villages of India as a barefoot architect. Then, on the 30th of September 1993, the most devastating stable continental region earthquake in the world hit Latur in the state of Maharashtra, killing over 10,000 people. Gupta was deeply moved and spent the next few years working in the region, designing earthquake-resistant village houses. Indeed, if his story ended there, it would be a remarkable and inspiring tale. But Gupta is a true entrepreneur, always curious, always challenged, always innovating. Towards the end of the 1990s, the dot-com boom was sweeping the world, and Gupta wanted in on the action. 
But being a social entrepreneur, he wondered how he could use the burgeoning ICT revolution to make a difference in the villages of India. The breakthrough idea came in 2000, when Gupta was on a visit to Belgium. Being self-employed, he struggled to obtain a credit card from the banks in India. However, in Belgium, he discovered he could use a smart card-based electronic purse to manage his expenses during the week-long trip. Gupta immediately saw the potential of this offline micropayment technology for carrying out small transactions in Indian villages. On his return, he registered a company called A Little World to see if he could adapt and introduce the e-purse system to India. Over the next few years, Gupta worked hard on bringing all the necessary players together in a partnership called the Zero Mass Consortium, including such companies as Proton of Belgium, Gemplus International of France, Jysica, Devriant and Infineon Technologies of Germany, and ERG Group of Australia. Meanwhile, the rapid rise of mobile phone technology changed their initial focus on smart cards and instead they developed a person-to-person payment product called M-Check. It was an application on mobile SIMs in collaboration with Escatel and later with Airtel. Major Indian banks like ICICI Bank and SBI signed up for M-Check in 2005, as did Visa. Despite its success, Gupta was not convinced that M-Check did enough to tackle financial inclusion. Then, fortuitously, in 2006, the confluence of an important change in banking legislation and a breakthrough in mobile technology gave him the means to realize his mission. As a result, he spun off M-Check's technology and business assets into a separate company and refocused a little world on his original vision of financial inclusion. The legislative change was the introduction by the Reserve Bank of India of so-called business correspondent guidelines, whereby non-profit-making entities are allowed to function as intermediaries of mainstream banks in rural areas. So Gupta set up a non-profit organization called ZMF, or the Zero Microfinance and Saving Support Foundation, to act as a business correspondent, supported by A Little World as the technology partner. Gupta was already focused on the mobile phone as the key enabler for his vision of microbanking. By 2006, the new generation of mobile phones included NFC, or near-field communication capabilities, that allowed easy, wireless connection to peripheral devices like printers and biometric scanners. This eliminated the need for prohibitively expensive, skills-dependent, battery-hungry laptops. However, they faced another problem, with the banks initially insisting that all transactions take place live, in other words, in real-time online, and as connectivity is rather haphazard in the villages, transactions were extremely time-consuming. All 600 people from a village would line up at once, losing a day's wages to wait in line. This problem was solved by the launch of Nokia's 6131 handsets. Gupta explains the significance of this breakthrough. 
Conventional devices can never meet an unconventional set of challenges. The offline transaction service was possible because of the new Nokia 6131 phone that succeeded the earlier Nokia models and had 2 gigabytes of available local storage on a micro SD card. The new phone also had Bluetooth. This encouraged us to combine the printer and fingerprint scanners, which were separate devices before, and attach a serial Bluetooth interface to the combination device to enable communications with the NFC phone. We were struggling to find an affordable smart card. The new Nokia 6131 handsets gave us the most important breakthrough so far, the ability to eliminate smart cards altogether. Instead of the village's biometric and account data being stored on expensive smart cards, which could be lost or damaged and were costly to replace, we started issuing plain plastic cards that were only used for photo and ID number verification, and the mobile phone's memory held the village's transactional and identification data. We could now hold up to 50,000 customers' data on a single mobile phone in securely encrypted databases thanks to the PKI level of security provided by NFC. The mobile had finally become a core banking branch in every sense. With all the pieces of the puzzle in place, the story of Naroshni, the formerly unbanked person, and Indira, the one-person village microbank, all became possible. Working with and on behalf of the State Bank of India, a little world ran pilot projects in various unbanked rural areas. Each pilot enrolled about 5,000 villagers for no-frills bank accounts, which allowed them to deposit, withdraw and transfer small amounts, as well as to take out microloans. Less than six months later, in April 2007, a Little World also piloted the disbursement of government benefits through the Electronic Benefit Transfer Scheme so that the microbanks could act on behalf of the six major Indian commercial banks. The Electronic Benefit Transfer innovation had profound effects. In one village, a woman said, I used to get my payment from the post office with a delay of several weeks, sometimes several months, and after several repeated trips. Now I get it here, much earlier in my village. And because it's an automated electronic transfer that can only be paid to a fingerprint-authenticated individual, a little world is also cutting out corruption. After switching to the microbanking model, 10-15% to 15 of social security pensions remained unclaimed, suggesting the extent of so-called phantom beneficiaries that were defrauding the government before. The microbanks have other benefits too. Because a little world develops a credit history for rural villages, they will eventually have access to credit at rates two to three times cheaper than what they would normally get from informal moneylenders and microfinance institutions. There is also a huge potential for what a 2010 Allianz report calls microinsurance. Four years after its launch, in 2010, A Little World is on the tipping point of serious scalability, with 11,000 microbank branches operating in all states of India and serving 5.5 million customers. Part of the reason for its success has been Gupta's relentless pursuit of efficiency and low-cost options, so that today each microbank branch 
costs less than $85 a month to run and customers are only charged around 5 rupees or 10 cents a month to use the bank's services. At the time when I interviewed him in April 2010, Gupta expected a little world to become the largest microbanking system in the world within six months and pending capital injection of around $60 million to have set up in 150,000 locations in India over the next two to three years. Believe it or not, Gupta is just getting started. He sees the branch network as an enabler to deliver all kinds of other services to India's rural poor. Already he has innovated rechargeable LED light boxes to replace polluting and hazardous kerosene lamps, as well as enhancements to wood and cow dung burning stoves, using a fan that halves the cooking time, halves fuel requirements, and almost eliminates the poisonous smoke. Future innovation includes water filters, bicycles, televisions, spectacles, radios, medicine, and textbooks. To make all these products affordable, Gupta plans to use a lease-purchase model, whereby costs are divided into weekly installments for 6, 12, 18, or 24 months, depending on the product. So, for example, a rural villager pays just a few rupees for one week's use of a rechargeable LED lamp. At the end of the week, they return it and pay the next week's installment for an already charged LED light box replacement. Using a similar approach, villagers will also be able to buy communal toilets with monthly installments of just 20 rupees or 40 cents for a period of 5 or 10 years. A Little World's vision remains ambitious, to touch a billion people through innovative technologies and alliances at the bottom of the economic pyramid, for delivering multiple financial and other services at the lowest cost through mainstream financial and other institutions. Having spent a little time with Gupta, I would not bet against his inspiring vision becoming a reality. A Little World is a testimony to Gupta's creativity and to the power of innovation, not only in technology, but also in partnerships and business models, and to tackle some of the society's most intractable social challenges.